0: Hello and welcome to the Brotherhood Without Matters podcast, the Game of Thrones podcast with me, your host, Ray McBride. Um, I hope you're enjoying my new choice of intro music anyway. I thought it was a bit appropriate for the week that's in it. (coughs) Sorry, I'm just coughing from all the ashes that have gone down my throat after uh, Daenerys sacked the city. She sacked it. She burned it. She burned it all. She burned everyone. And um, yeah, people are not happy. People are a bit surprised. People are a bit taken aback by the sheer carnage she's unleashed upon the ordinary folk of the city who are just going about their daily business whenever a fucking dragon came by overhead. um, Yeah, surely, I, I don't know. I thought they might like, circulate some, um, some memos to say, you know what, there's going to be a dragon coming here in about a week. You might want to leave the city. Uh, it might not be that safe um take your valuables with you and if you come back afterwards you might be grand but you're better off being out of here and um no they didn't there seemed to be a full city full house one million people three quarters of whom are probably dead now and um yeah that's where we left it off at the end of the episode i'm just going to go th- go back through it and see um uh, was there any sense to it um I'm just going to go over some of the few bits of dialogue that were there near the beginning um other stuff that happened Clegane, Bull, talk about Varys, his death talk about, just go through all the characters same thing as normal, same routine even though this is exceptional circumstances um we're just going to fly through it and see what the crack is Uh, I'm going to start with the first with the character from the first scene of this episode, Varys um virus is no longer with us R.I.P. virus died being right and as I'm sure he was um, disappointed to hear for once um, he died being right that Daenerys was eventually going to go mad and uh, sack the city but did his betrayal contribute to sending her over the edge in the first place did he actually do more harm than good in that way Um, that's kind of up for debate it's probably a whole lot of other factors but I think one of her closest advisors um, actively plotting against her didn't help things that much Um, a lot of people missed this actually but he tried to poison her uh, at the beginning of the episodes using that little girl one of his little birds she was actually in Winterfell in the crypts anyway he must have brought her with him or maybe he brought her to Winterfell as well I don't know I don't know what their relationship is whether they're pals or what the crack is um, whether it's a a, a Stannis no not Stannis a Davos Shireen job or, or not But anyway he tried to poison Daenerys but she refused to eat she had been refusing to eat for a couple of days and that looked like a bit longer judging by the shape she was in uh, she was not in good shape lads. Um, so as well as doing that as well as trying to poison her actively trying to kill her he was sending out letters, pretty much announcing John as the the heir to the Iron Throne, the uh, legitimate Targaryen. So, we can assume that most everybody knows, or at least the people who matter, whoever they are anymore, know that uh, John is the rightful heir to the Iron Throne. Whether he likes it or not. But who did they send the letters to? As I said before, who are the influential people? in Westeros or maybe it was even beyond Westeros. I have a feeling that he was sending it um sending these some of these letters to the Iron Bank whatever your man's name is. I think he might have sent one to Dorne to this new prince. He probably sent one to Sansa although she knows. But other than that I can't think of anyone else has has anyone else really been mentioned that could affect this. Was he looking for help from Shy? I seriously doubt it. Uh, but anyway, so before he got arrested for treason, he took off his rings and burned the burned the last of the letters he was writing and I'm just wondering what the significance of the rings could actually be i mean was was that like a cue for him to to get his little birds to tell people who are in the know that the virus is dead like was this has virus got like a a, a a pension not pension has he got like a will sort of that or is is that like a message to his solicitor to say to spread his estate whatever his estate is or whoever his descendants may be or not descendants his what do you call that whenever you you die your beneficiaries i think no beneficiaries is like someone who who payrolls you through something i don't know someone tell me the answer to that because i'm kind of curious about it now and i, I just can't google on air because this is live <clears throat> definitely but yeah, I'd say Varys was kind of worried enough, especially since the last episode. I think Daenerys using this the term "root and stem" was a bit of a tip off as to the type of person she was, because that is the term that uh, the Red Priests used to him whenever they caught us, caught of his gentlemanly parts. But anyway, anyway, um, when he was in the cave underneath where Stannis and Melisandre used to. Uh, Towards people to death for not believing in the lo- in the Lord of Light. Um, he he said, "You know what? I hope I'm wrong. Probably not, but I hope I'm wrong. You know what? And I might be better off dying now, so I don't find out." And he was, because he was right. Um, yeah, Daenerys turned rogue, and uh, um. I have to say, you know, I was... I was a bit surprised at all this. I th- Like, for a solid ten minutes, I was watching that, and I was thinking, is this, like, a daydream or something? Because they had really... Like, she did it all of a sudden, and they didn't really... They didn't really express the, like, the snap moment where she... Where she flipped. Like, the bells rang. She looked a bit, like, overwhelmed by, I don't know, anger, emotions or something. She was just kind of looking... And then she just went ahead and started burning the place down, and you know there's no explanation for it. And people have been like, you know what? She's she's showed signs of this before, which she has, she's she's burned people before. But everything she's done so far, uh, there has been like, <sighs> there's been reason, there's been cause to do it. Like the 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 crucifying the slave masters. She did that because they crucified, you know, children and ordinary people, slaves. Um, she burned down Vastodrak because, well, they weren't very nice people. <laughs> I suppose the people of King's Landing weren't very nice people either, but, you know. Um, but, you know, everything she's done, and, and she's actually shown mercy as well before. She offered the Tarleys an opportunity to, to bend the knee and uh, join her cause she didn't do that for the people of king's landing but i was just wondering before she started torching all the people she kind of looks down at the crowd running beneath her they run away from her even after the battle's finished they are scared of her they don't love her and i wonder is that what what uh like was she was she on the way to the red keep saw that People were running away in fear of her, in terror of her and she was like fuck this, you know what these people these people are afraid of me which you know it's understandable at the time. But is that like a treason for her? Like of people running away from her whenever she flies by? I don't know. I was just it's just one it's just one uh thing that went through my mind whenever I saw that. But even in this episode, they, there was stuff happening that was leading up to it. Like, um, she called, like, this This is a weird one. She called Grey Worm by his Valerian name, uh, Torgo Nudo, or whatever it was. She wasn't using the common tongue, which I don't know whether it was a, a gesture towards Grey Worm to be like, All right, so I'm relating to you right now. This is, this is what misses me talking to you in your tongue. Or was it more of, uh, was it trying to, Project what she was thinking and feeling about the people of Rose at that moment by you know saying you know what these people don't even like me I'm not even going to use their tongue it's fine I'm I'm an Eastern Queen now and I'm as an Eastern Queen I'm going to burn this place down because this isn't my, this isn't my home and uh, if they're not if they don't love me they they fear me or they hate me. Um she seemed like she seems very fond of extremes like that. And then whenever uh and then whenever John shows up for the sexy time or rather the lack thereof, um Yeah Daenerys asks him, Is that all I am to you, your queen? And yeah, uh, John kind of hesitated, pulled back and was like, um, and that pause kind of told it all and she was like very well fuck off now and uh he did and that could was that the was that the powder keg was that the spark to the powder keg that is Daenerys I don't know I think people have handled rejection better in the past then later on in the episode they kind of, they kind of pull towards they pull towards the throne room I think in, in Dragonstone and uh Tyrion is just kind of trying to talk her down, talk her out of burning the place, um, just kind of annihilating the city, raising it to the ground by being like, um, "When the when the bells ring, just show mercy." When the bells ring, show mercy. And in front of, she nodded to Grey Worm whenever he said that. But uh, but before that, she kind of used this kind of cop out line, like she was saying that's um Cersei saw mercy as their weakness and stuff like this and then Daenerys did this politician thing of being of of using the same words but using it to convey a totally different to justify totally different actions by saying well 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 this will be we'll show mercy towards the future generations by absolutely annihilating and showing no mercy right now, which is a total cop-out. I, if it's, I was listening to that, and I was like, oh, come on. Who are you trying to fool over this? So, is someone in the room, like, listening? And, um, yeah, they they were, but they couldn't do anything about it. She was kind of unstoppable at that point. Then, on the way out of the throne room, I think we may have found out how Tyrion is going to die, because... Daenerys revealed that Jamie was captured and she said the next time you fail me it will be the last time you fail me and of course Tyrion goes on ahead and releases Jamie later on in the episode which is kind of sealing his, va- his fate um, so god help him onto the battle then a lot of people were surprised at um, how poorly Cersei's scorpions were working on Euron's scorpions on the Iron Fleet because they worked so well last time. Of course, last time they had the element of surprise, but I don't think that really accounts for much of it. I think Daenerys did have a battle plan going in. She went down from directly vertically down, upwards. I don't know. I don't know what directions or which. But she went down from directly above them and um torched them from there, swung around the back, which of course she was able to do much faster than a load of ships could. And she was able to torch them from the back as well. I saw a lot of people on the internet um, during the week suggesting she should do that. There was actually a, like a meme of it. And in fairness to her, she she listens. She listens. She's a slow learner, but she learns, as Sansa would say. But yeah, you, I was just so disappointed after those after the bells rang. and She just kept attacking and attacking, and I think everyone who's watching was like, it's kind of a like a a uniform thing across the whole fandom." Um, but I think it was foreshadowed. I think they ramped it up a bit too much. Um, I don't even think they ramped it. I think they just they just they should have bulleted a bit more. And I think that if they paced season eight better, then it would have worked better. Uh, of course they they didn't. Uh, if if they even had another two episodes, just to show her growing more and more isolated, it would have worked a lot better. The apparently two years wasn't enough to film an extra two episodes. <laughs> but uh yeah, anyway, on to, on to Tyrion who is probably uh he's probably I don't know, dragon dinner now. Next time you feel me, it'll be the last time you feel me. He let Jimmy free in a in a bid to prevent slaughter of all the the innocent people. Uh on the way in there, I think it was I don't know whether it was an Easter egg or not, but he he failed to speak to the unsolid in their own language, and last time he tried to do that. Well, last time he tried to speak in a foreign language and utterly failed. It was he had a virus to help him, and it was like towards this this beggar woman, and the 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 she must have thought he was trying to eat her child. But this time he had no virus to correct him because the virus is gone. It showed us how much he relied upon him, and I thought that was I thought that was a nice touch. Whether it was purposeful or not, I don't know. Whether or just some slapstick humor at this uh, crucial point of the season, um. But anyway, yeah, he let Jamie free so that he could stop, so that he could like, he could help her surrender, help G- help Cersei surrender. That is, um. But of course, Daenerys is rendered that pointless by burning anyone, everyone, anyway. Who actually rang the bell as well? Though that's what I was wondering. Like, because Jamie clearly didn't do it. And I don't know. It didn't show anyone doing it, but someone, some intrepid explorer, must have rang the bell. Fair play to them. Uh, but anyway, summary. Uh, Tyrion's going to be in big trouble next episode, and I don't know whether he's going to flee, whether he's going to go with John, whether he's going to go back to Daenerys and be like, "Oh yeah, uh, we we're missing uh, yes, Jamie, yes." But Jamie, I know for certain what he's doing next episode. He'll be decomposing, and. uh yeah, a lot of people aren't happy with that. That's one of the biggest gripes a lot of people have with this. See, the way I'm avoiding showing my own opinion on this stuff by saying, well, you know, a lot of people... <laughs> I'm, I'm just kind of... I'm using the coward's away by saying a lot of people are doing this and I'm not really expressing how I feel. Just to say, I'm disgusted by the way Jamie's arc has turned out. Like, he's he's gone straight back to what he was at the beginning. And I don't know whether this was like a, a twisted love-conquers-all sort of like, a perverse version of that, but it's, it's, his arc is a seesaw. He started off being this dickhead who fucks his sister. He starts becoming a good man, and eventually starts writing someone else. Then he goes straight back to the sister, and it's like, it's not even just that, he's, like, he even badmouths the ordinary people in King's Landing by saying, well, I didn't care much for them anyway, innocent or otherwise. Like, it's not just that he's going back to his sister, He's he's being arrogant again, and a bit of an elitist and I don't know I I I had to laugh whenever he didn't get into the city, uh, whenever he got stopped at the gates and I was like yeah fuck you that's what you get and I hope he got trampled but he didn't he managed to find his way in the back door and then he had this stupid fucking pointless fight with another another dickhead uh, Euron who's like come on like you're the only person that washed up well isn't that fortunate for you you managed to have this epic battle then with uh, with Jamie at the end. <sighs> I don't know. Like Euron's main life goal must be just like being a pest towards everyone he meets, and he broke the fourth wall in such a like. I'm the man who killed Jamie Lannister, and that's, that's a fucking awful voice. But anyway, I should I should cut back on my impressions because they're they're getting worse, people. But as much as people criticize Euron, Jamie's character has basically changed as much as Euron's has at this point. As much as Euron is one dimensional, at least he's consistent. And Jamie's story has been pointless really, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe not. But I saw, well, in fairness to Jamie, I saw someone actually, I don't know there's this this is really I don't know whether it's a cop-out or someone finding ways to justify it, but I saw someone compare to you know Jamie being someone with a destructive addiction which which makes sense when you think of substance abuse and stuff like that uh, in, in in the real world um, and I suppose if you look at it in that perspective it's kind of a cautionary tale maybe because he ended up hurting himself and all the people around him by doing that but then Jamie made a promise to himself he said he wanted to die in the arms of the woman he loves which he did and so did Cersei Cersei, um, well she didn't promise that but she, she died in the arms of the man she loved Tyrion actually predicted that a couple of seasons back by being like, like I can't remember the start of the quote but he said the joy is going to turn to ashes in your mouth and you know that the debt will be paid which oh, I was like I'm going to get revenge on you and the ashes in your mouth thing is just kind of the most pertinent part of that quote but Cersei throughout this episode she was just in such denial throughout like she, she couldn't see herself losing even though like all the scorpions are gone and like she was like oh the the swords aren't as good as Lannister soldiers they'll fight to the death for me and then the next scene is just like all the Lannister soldiers throwing their swords at the ground being like oh fuck this no no way <laughs> not not up for this Um, she, you know it was quite funny and only when all was lost did Daenerys kind of snap out of it and be like, oh, uh, she started crying and then she left along with Kyber. And who, in fairness to him, he's, he's, he's better at consoling people than I thought he would be. And he had another funny moment through it. Uh, in this episode. Whenever he got bashed against the wall, he went splat whenever the mountain decided to dispose of him, which I thought was fantastic. And uh, it was just like Dr. Frankenstein or something like that. Um, but a lot of people, again, with this, a lot of people, Ryan. But it is true, a lot of people <laughs> did feel dissatisfied with Cersei's end. What I wasn't, I thought it was okay. I thought it was good because Game of Thrones did their thing where they make us sympathize with characters that we should not sympathize with, and whenever she was kind of sobbing about her child dying, like that's that's. You know, you can't not feel sorry for her in that moment. But then again, on the other hand, I would have liked to have seen her suffer a slow, humiliating, and painful death, <laughs> as would most of the people out there. But you know what? They 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 ruled it out in such a way that you know C- Cersei, unlike Euron, is a complex and well built character. Th- this is gonna, this is gonna upset some people, if they ever hear this, which they probably won't. Uh, but I feel like Bowl might have been a bit of a distraction. It was a bit of a distraction for me. Like if if we took away all the scenes of Bowl and we were like, you know what, we're gonna just add another ten, twenty minutes of conversation into this episode or into this season to help you know pad out the pad out the story. I would have been like, I'm I'm am all for it. And even if they shortened the even if they shortened the second of King's Landing a bit. I mean it was supposed to be epic and all the rest of it, but most of that episode was just Danny burning the place to the ground. I feel like we could have lost another five minutes of that so that we could see we could understand why it was happening. I don't know whether you agree or not. Tweet me a brotherhood part if you. you feel the same way. Um what else happened to Clugane ball up, leading up to it? Cyburn's funny death, splat. Um the mountain's still a mountain. Like oh sorry, yeah. The mountain is still the mountain. Uh the hound kind of kind of brought him back to life for real in a way that Cabern never could. He He just brought him his personality back, you know, the eye bo- the eye gouge, the bare chest, the you know breaking the rules. And I suppose at the end of the fighting there between um the Hound and the Mountain, they had a nice touch where the hounds kind of stabbed um the mountain through the eye and the knife came out the back of his head, just like Arya threatened the hound with a couple of seasons before, which, you know, you know, she was giving him ideas as well. He was learning some stuff from her, and uh, he kind of rugby-tackled him then through the wall into the fire and killed the mountain, hopefully, we don't know that, or potentially killed the mountain <laughs> by plunging him into into fire just like the mountain did to him whenever he was a child but he killed himself in the process so like speaking of Arya she played our our eyes on the ground she was kind of like a a GoPro in the city and yeah there were some kind of cool shots cool shots guys there's some good shots of the carnage that were happening that were happening that was happening uh, throughout the battle and just just how chaotic it was and how horrible it must have been to be there if it was real which it wasn't remember guys Game of Thrones isn't real and um, and she was just trying to do her bit, you know, save some children. She didn't really help anyone, um, admittedly. Uh but she tried, which was which is the good thing, which is like different to what she was doing before, which is just killing people. So you're now you're never gonna be good at it on your first go. But one of the children she tried to save had a, like a white horse toy. I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but uh at the end of the episode she kind of saw the little white horse toy kind of charred and then the the charred remains of this body, and she was basically like, and you fucked up, kid. But anyway, then, that was just before she saw the white horse, the actual horse, (laughs) show up, Um, which a lot of people are speculating over the symbolism of that, and I've just got a few things that I could symbolise that I've searched on the internet, the source of all facts, 100% factual, Uh, even no matter how much they disagree. So, one meaning could be uh, death, which is from like from the Bible somewhere. I think the Book of Revelations or something. So death was riding like a pale horse, and hell followed with him. If you want to look at it like that, Arya is kind of like a bringer of doom anyway. So, um, wouldn't be anything new for her. Uh, it could be like her her faceless God being like, "Here, you've you've done me good, so here's your here's your ticket out of this town." Another way to look at it was, you know, Daenerys rode one before she got Drogon, so it could be like Daenerys's old life coming to be like, come on, sort yourself out, I'm going to get Arya to kill you now. Which is something that could likely happen next episode, although I don't know if they'll give one character that much killing after the Night King. Uh, Ned rode one as well, so it could be like, you know, she's she's honourable like her father, she's going to end up in winterfell i don't know i don't know she's just like i don't know whether it's just been like well she's a stark and she's going to look after the starks now and she's going to ride up to winterfell on this white horse just like ned did um other other meanings you could take from it is that like it's a symbol of heroism like uh everyone's talking about shadow facts from from lord of the rings which who i thought was called the shadow flax like I don't know why, I kept reading it the wrong way, it must have showed up so many times in that book, or those books, I read it. I read Lord of the Rings all in kind of one assembled book thing, um, which was handy, so I wouldn't have to fuck about with loads of different little books, uh, everyone get it, um, and then Pegasus as well from the Hercules story, or Greek, whatever it is, Greek mythology, you, But one thing a lot of people are wondering about that horse, a lot of people including me, is did Brand warg into that horse to save Ari especially? I think it's a possibility because, you know, how about a sister? Literal sister. Uh, I think that could have been what happened because it's just like, brand has been sitting there on its hole doing nothing this entire season. I think if he managed to repay Arya for saving his life by saving hers and getting her getting her out of the the wreckage of King's Landing I th- I feel like even as the three eyed crow, the three eyed raven, he would have some he seems to have some appreciation of what other people do for him, like Theon. Um and maybe she has some purpose for the, for the rest of the season. Who knows? But uh, but yeah, the the hound and her had a had a good little moment of a farewell in the episode as well, which is nice. So uh, I don't know whether whether they put her in the city just so she could see a lot of death, so she could distance herself from it, or whether they're just giving her like an excuse to add another name to her list, Daenerys. So. Who knows what they're going to do there, there, which way she's going to swing. I think she's going to swing towards the murderous side because, of course, she is. Um, but anyway, on to another Stark. John Targaryen, he's got a target on his head. He betrayed Daenerys now twice, I think. Yeah, twice. He told Sansa about his true identity. And uh, in fairness, Daenerys called this. She was like, when you tell one person, everyone's going to know. And everyone knows, and it's too late to put the toothpaste back in the toothpaste tube. And another, another treason, treason he had, which I don't know, Grey Worm caught it anyway. Is that he refused to slaughter the Lannister soldiers after they surrendered? Which you know, fair play. Um, I think everyone would have done the same, and I think it was, you know, what it would have been stupid and just awful to do that. But uh I feel like in doing that they're kind of planting a showdown between either Grey Worm and John or Daenerys and John or both for the next episode. So that's I feel like that's on the horizon. Um I don't know. Could it have could this all have been avoided by John giving Daenerys the D in the start of the episode? Maybe. But it's all gonna come out at some point I think. So better um, better come out now than later. I don't even know why it would be better. I don't know why I said that, what This episode is just a fucking shitstorm of weird going back over what I'm saying. On to Grey Worm now. Uh, He's kind of abandoned all sentiment in this episode. Like, he didn't feel like surrendering... No, he didn't feel like honouring the other side's surrender. He just slaughtered them anyway. He just... Absolute bloodlust throughout that battle. And... He just... Even at the start of the episode, whenever he got Missandei's chain or whatever it was uh, that she brought over, uh, the only thing she brought over across the Narrow Sea, he threw it straight in the fire as soon as Daenerys gave it to her. It to him, uh, like I think that just shows he was like I don't know whether he's turned back into the the drone that he was before. That he's just he's kind of lost his personality, his flair now. And he's just hes just a leading mean killing machine, unbothered by fear or anything else. I don't know. I just don't know what's in store for him. Or for Davos, at that, uh, on that matter. Like, he was busy helping civilians escape, like the smuggler he is. And uh, I feel like he's going to be in Daenerys' fire line as well now, if, if Tyrion is, because, you know, Tyrion told him to get Jaime in, and, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, her list of executions is going to be long. But I'm just wondering, like, from this episode, from this season, did Bran see all of this coming? Like, why why bother uh, vouching for Jamie or waiting out for him all night? I'm just wondering, why did he wait for Jamie all night? I've been wondering this all season. I don't think I'm going to find out. Like, did he save him to con- so that Tyrion would be condemned by Daenerys? Or did he do it just so to sow mistrust with Daenerys between... Between uh by you know Tyrion vouched for Jamie in Winterfell, then he vouched for for Jamie again by letting them out of the little prison thing and I think that's that's kind of undermining the relationship that Tyrion and Daenerys had built up. I don't know. I don't know. It I feel like I don't know if how it would help. Like it's only leading things further towards Daenerys' turn towards uh You know, a mad queen. I think it's the first time I've used those two words together in this episode. Um, I don't know, I feel like it's suspicious, if not nefarious. Uh, But I feel like uh, on Bran, the way that Jamie died, or maybe uh, actually this is what I was getting to, the way that Jamie died, (sighs) a castle fell on him after Bran fell out of a castle, being pushed by... Jamie, was that just like was he just being like karma, bitch? Was this whole thing just, just sort of get revenge on Jamie Lannister, and his unborn child? I if it is, then you know what, you can't be angry at that. That's just something else. And yeah, up in Winterfell, Sansa's screwed unless unless she has a good hiding spot. She's fucked, absolutely fucked. I mean, how long is gonna Daenerys gonna wait before going up to Winterfell and sacking there too? Will she even make it that far up or will she to kind of sit on her arse for a while and uh, scratch her arse in the, on the air and throw throne and before melting it down? Who knows? She's got plenty of soldiers left. There's an absolute heap of Unsullied left, judging by the season 2 trailer. Um, the Dothraki look back at their best shape again. I don't know. I don't hold up much hope for Winterfell if Daenerys goes unchecked. Like, how are they going to kill a dragon? how in god's name are they going to kill the dragon unless they unless Yara managed to rob one of the ships off Euron and I, I don't know i don't think i don't think it's it's looking likely well then again if Ran was able to copy the design of one of the scorpions and i don't know get that written down somewhere i heard people talking about where would uh, ballistas for the scorpions what well, could they could they knock down the weirwood tree in Winterfell to do yet? I don't know, who knows. But uh, speaking of Yara, actually in the Grey, in the Greyjoy fleets, they didn't appear at the battle, and I don't know. Whenever she finds out what happens in King's Landing, is she going to try? Is she going to still follow Daenerys, or is she going to switch sides to the Starks? Because I feel like I don't know whether she's an opportunist or that she follows her 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 heart or what story. Like, will she? follow Daenerys even if she doesn't believe in her just because she's scared the shit out of her. Gendry's gone. He's not going to appear anymore. I have a feeling he's just he's just finished for the season. Uh if he does, is he gonna be faithful to Daenerys? I don't know. I think he's he'll follow whatever is doing, to be honest with you. Um Dorn, will this dude ever appear? Like he's he was mentioned this episode, um or not this episode, but some episode at some point. At this, I can't even remember, so it's all kind of meshed into one big long episode for me. Was well, he going to appear unlikely? But if he does, he's probably going to side against Daenerys. That's probably the only reason they would introduce that is to be like, well, actually, John's not doing too bad. His side have got another army coming from the south. Um, but anyway, is King's Landing finished? Because there's nobody left there, all the buildings are destroyed, red keeps gone is there any point even 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 trying with it uh, what's the new capital of Westeros going to be afterwards anyway that's my that's my analysis of the episode the penultimate episode of game of thrones um meanwhile other other another news the title and a kind of a synopsis of one of the new spin-offs of game of thrones has been announced it's going to be called Blood Moon i think let me just double check that yeah uh, Game of Thrones prequel. I'm reading the New York Post here to get this story. Uh, Game of Thrones prequel series. What we know about Blood Moon. I might just read this out. See if it's uh, if I'm getting any any exclusives out of this. I'm definitely not because I'm reading it off a news article. But I'm going to claim it as my own anyway. So um, this was previously announced that he thought the prequel should be titled The Long Night. But what does he know? He only authored a song, Ice and Fire. P-p-p-p-p-p-p- so the plot of it's going to be set more than 5,000 years before the, the events of the current series. The new series will follow the story of the children of the forest. So basically, what happened was, whenever they were writing season 8, they had to rewrite the whole fucking thing. Because they wanted to release a new prequel series uh, so they could make even more money. So they cut out the Nightwalker threat. Or explaining the whole reasoning behind the White Walkers, so that they could fit it, stuff it into a new TV series that will la- that'll run for a couple of years. So they're following they're following their wallets, um, rather than giving us a satisfying end to Game of Thrones. I feel like that's what's happening here, and I feel a bit betrayed by that. But we're gonna get a, a bit more Westeros, planetos content. For the next, uh, for the next half decade maybe. So that that'll be nice. But still, I'd rather have a more satisfying, meaningful end to uh, to the one we have, because there's been no nobody's talking about the the Night King anymore. I really thought they would look back and try and tie it all together. They haven't. Um, it's disappointing. But sure, what can you do? Um, but anyway, the f- season finale, the series finale awaits. Um, what are you expecting for it? What's going to happen? Who's going to die? Let me know, tweet us at Brotherhood Pod, um, send us a message on Facebook, Instagram, do all that stuff. And uh, see you on the other side.